Hello, and welcome to Maybe It's Spiritual. This podcast is about people, their stories, their experiences, and the things they can't explain. We live in a world where supernatural occurrences happen to people more often than we talk about. And on this show, we're going to explore these paranormal encounters and become a place where people can share what they've gone through without the fear of being told they're crazy. You are not alone. My name is Rafael Gonzalez, and you are listening to Maybe It's Spiritual. Gonzalez, and welcome to Maybe It's Spiritual. Hello, Raphael. So we have a little bit of a, a special episode here because you are my wife. I am indeed. So why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are? All right. My name is Lillian, and I'm your wife, as stated. Um, we have two stepkids together, and they're my best friends, and we have a two-year-old, Preston. And he's super cute, and I'm a stay-at-home mom right now, and I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm glad to have you. Thank you, hon. So, okay, so this story is kind of an intense story. Yeah. Because it is, we've both been involved in this. It's your story. Why don't you tell us what you're going to talk about? All right, um, I'm going to talk about... My experience with mental illness, specifically uh, bipolar disorder, and how it intersects with the spiritual world. Nice. All right. Well. Oh, wait. I want to do like one, two, two small disclaimers before we start, just because this could be kind of a heavy episode. So for one, I'm only an authority on my own experience, just because, you know, we're talking about mental illness and everyone's got a different thing and it's really serious, so... Don't want anyone to take what I say as authority. It's just my own story. And also, uh, we might be touching on some kind of dark stuff, like some self-harm, suicidal topics. So if that's something that's triggering to anybody, please don't listen. Take care of yourself. You have been warned. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to throw that out there. No, I don't want someone good. to be that's blindsided. Really important. So where do we begin? Um... Where do you want to begin? It's your story. Okay. I've got a little notebook here. Okay. I think the best place would be to start with kind of how I got diagnosed with bipolar. So I'll try to say that story kind of briefly and then get into where the paranormal spiritual stuff kind of entered into that. All right. So back in 2015, I started uh, college. I was a freshman, uh, I was a piano performance major, uh, classical music was kind of my whole world since I was, I don't know, as long as I can remember, a really little kid. And, um, sorry, I'm a little bit nervous. Oh, that's okay. But <laughs> Everybody starts out nervous. Oh my 
hold my hand. You'll be an old pro by the end okay. of this. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was there for piano, and I started school, and I loved it. Like, I loved it so much, and I did really well. And, um... I'm sorry, guys. This is really hard for me. Oh, this is okay. harder than I thought. Take your time. Okay. I just gotta get through this, like, beginning, like, stuff. <sighs> okay. Um, so... So, basically, for some reason, the transition of, um going to school, being away from home, and um, music itself, weirdly enough, kind of, like, triggered this mental break, but it happened over the course of, like, a few months, and I'm gonna try to be, like, sort of brief, but, um, so being a music major is kind of intense, and, you know, it's normal to practice, like, several hours a day in addition to classes. And so I was doing that, and it was fine. Like, practicing, like, four hours a day on top of a full-time class load is pretty normal for um, a music major. And I just, I don't know, I guess I'd always loved music, but I just fell in love with it in a different way when I was at school and just on my own, and everything just felt so, like, new and exciting and magical and somewhere in the midst of that, I just got, I don't know, something kind of took over. And, you know, it went from practicing four hours a day to six hours to eight to ten to, to like, it just kept going where I was just more and more invested in what I was doing. I think my record is, like, 13 hours, like, in one day. Jeez. <laughs> I practiced for 13 hours one day, which is, like, stupid. Like, I don't even know what I was getting accomplished. Probably nothing. But I practiced from, like, like 8 at night to, like, 9 in the morning. That's intense. And then I was just, I just, like, went to class. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's time for class. Um, so, yeah, that's not, and that's not necessarily, like, a good thing. That doesn't necessarily make me a, a better student or musician or anything like that but during that time I just think you know there was something about me being so passionate about what I was doing and then um I don't know just everything felt like this like new revelation and I was like practicing more and more hours and getting more and more into it while simultaneously getting less and less sleep which didn't seem to bother me at the time like you know I would get like two three hours of sleep eventually because I was I mean how much time do you have left in the day if you're going to school all day and then practicing like half the day not much <laughs> yeah no not really so I mean anyone that knows anything about bipolar could probably like see where this is going like oh she's getting like carried away and I was like going into kind of like a manic phase but um anyway so even though at the time I didn't like feel fatigue and I was like I thought that I was really happy and that I was doing really well. It just wasn't sustainable. So I remember that a few months in, still in my first semester, I started getting kind of um, foggy, I guess. Like my days and nights were getting mixed up. I was starting to fall like behind in schoolwork. I was just getting like confused. Like I just couldn't like keep up. And I remember specifically going 
home for Thanksgiving break because I had been getting kind of like disorganized and I was getting overwhelmed and I was like what is happening and I remember thinking okay I'm just gonna go home I'm gonna take a week I'm gonna reset everything and it's gonna be fine and I went home and everything was still great I was happier than I'd ever been and (laughs) okay this sounds dumb I don't really know why but like one night in the middle of Thanksgiving break I got like super drunk (laughs) because like I didn't party at all in school because I was like such a serious student so I like went home and did that just weird (laughs) you didn't have time yeah (laughs) yeah and I don't know like what it was about that but I just like became really like sad drunk (laughs) and was like crying and stuff and I don't even know that that night was so significant what I do remember is that the next day I woke up and everything did a 180 I'm not even kidding it sounds like I'm making this up I'm not like one day I was happy the next day I was not everything just went dark and so I just I was like I'm depressed I don't know why like literally nothing in my life is changing it's better than it's ever been I'm like pursuing my dreams I'm like doing what I love I'm doing really well in school and just like everything seems horrible And so I, um, I don't know. I just, I didn't know what to do. I was like, this is weird. (laughs) So I went back to school in a few days and just could not, could not get it together at all. And, um, at that point, that was kind of when my, like, paranormal, I guess you could say, experiences started. Uh, the first one I remember was, like, that week. Because I actually, I never had any paranormal experiences before. I'm talking to you like you don't know this. I know. Like, you okay. know That's, me really well. You're talking to everybody. Yeah. But I never really had any, um, any paranormal experiences as a kid. No real signs of, like, mental illness. I mean, I mean, maybe there were a few. <laughs> <laughs> don't laugh. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't know you, so I can't say. Yeah. There, there were probably a few in, in retrospect, but nothing, nothing super serious. No diagnosis. Like this all kind of came uh, out of nowhere. The only thing I can really say is just that I was like a sensitive kid, but mm-hmm. that's not that weird. Um, so anyway, I went back to school over Thanksgiving break and just was a mess and could not get it together. And... I remember just feeling like there were kind of like these worlds like colliding because I had on one hand I'd had like this energy and this like momentum from like music and studying and how much I loved being at school and how much I loved my new independence and then just like this depression that came out of nowhere and so um my mind was just like racing like I just could not think anymore um (laughs) like I literally this sounds weird I literally remember looking at like a security camera in a building and thinking it was like like an animal (laughs) you're laughing at me what kind of animal I don't like I think I thought it was a cat or maybe a squirrel I don't know I just remember having like kind of like a slight mental break and just pacing around my entire campus and uh like kind of seeing stuff like I was just confused like, I was freaking confused. And um, that's actually the first time that I saw a shadow person. 
um, which I know some people on your podcast have talked about, but I remember, like, I was walking at night, and I was just in this, like, horrible state of mind. I had all these, like, racing random thoughts. Like, they had no rhyme or reason. They just felt like they were flooding my head. I had, like, it could be anything. It could be, like, train tracks or, like, a song. Sure. Or a wish or a circus. It did not matter. And this stuff is kind of, like, typical of bipolar disorder. But I did not know that at the time because I was not diagnosed or anything. But anyway, I remember walking in the dark at home and I, like, felt, like, a presence. Like, I literally thought, like, there's an actual person. And I remember seeing, like, an entire figure of a, like, a shadow person. Just, like, the definition of a shadow person. It's, like, a human, but there was just no discernible features. It was just all dark, all black. And then, you know, turning to, like, look at that person and there was no one there. I was like, that's great. I think I called my mom. Sure. <laughs> I like, oh, I'm mom, sure. I'm scared. Poor Betsy. <laughs> yeah, my poor mom. But <laughs> shout out to her. She's the best. But, um, so, yeah, that, that was, like, the first kind of things are getting weird. And then um, I knew that there was something wrong at that point. I did not really know what. And I kind of trudged through my last semester. Maybe I failed a couple classes, but it was fine. I I passed. Um, But there was a definite, like, shift in me, like a complete shift. Mm -hmm. And for really no, like, I had been great, like, better than great. I had been better than I had ever had been in my life, or at least so I thought. Sure. And I just, all of a sudden, I was just, like, completely falling apart. Even my piano teacher noticed that he was like are you okay and I'm like I think so (laughs) like so yeah um so I kind of trudged through the rest of my first semester of school and I went home for Christmas break and I saw a psychiatrist and kind of went through the whole medical professional uh process of that and she was like yeah you know you have bipolar which totally makes sense like I said if anyone knows anything about bipolar it's like so textbook like big life transition and then like I'm like having so much energy and not sleeping and devoting all of this time to one thing and then like crashing right and it probably feels cool because you can do you like superpowers almost it felt awesome like I literally I I thought I was, like, really something. But then... <laughs> I think I had, like, a bit of an inflated sense of self. But sure. I was I was doing really well, and I just... Everything felt so... Like, I almost kind of thought I was having a spiritual revelation just if I was, like, practicing by myself in a right. practice room. Um, so, yeah. So, that's when I got diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And because of some of the things I kind of mentioned were, like... There were some mild psychosis symptoms. She, like, classified it as bipolar 1, which is, like, a little bit different than bipolar 2, but... Uh, it's the, more intense. I think it's just kind of, from my understanding, it's sometimes the addition of psychosis symptoms, but, um, yeah. And I went through Christmas break, and it was just kind of terrible nothing really got better and I would just remember just wanting so badly to just get back to where I was you know get back to piano get back to my music and I just really couldn't could not um 
get a hold of like all of these bad things and uh, I think maybe it started a bit before then but that was when some of like the self-harm stuff happened so um yeah I was not like in great shape <laughs> um but I was really dedicated to school so I went back um and I thought that things will be better because now I have this diagnosis and now I have you know medications and I'm gonna get it together and things will be fine and it didn't really work out that way it wasn't as easy to control as I thought I was still dealing with a lot of um racing thoughts my concentration skills were gone like I was I've always been a really good re- I mean you know this I love mm-hmm. reading um the most focused reader I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. You can't even hear people when they're talking to you. <laughs> Said with no ounce of bitterness. But, um, yeah. No, I love reading. I've always been an avid reader. I never really had trouble in school studying. And it was to the point where I could not read a paragraph in a book. Like, because I just couldn't. My brain was just so, like, gone at that point. And... I was kind of doing okay, but it just started kind of cycling more rapidly, like the ups and the downs, mm-hmm. you know, where there would be moments where I kind of felt that like high again, and sure. I felt like everything was great, and then more quickly this time it would crash. Like instead of that high lasting for a couple months, it might last for a couple days, right. you know, or a couple of weeks or something like that. So, yeah, uh, it didn't really get better, and... um is that when you started hearing stuff? Yeah, I had started hearing things here and there. Um, but not not too much. Nothing extreme. I don't really remember any, like, specific examples. I just remember, like, maybe kind of, like, hearing, like, a voice or a sound here that probably wasn't there. Sure. Being like, that was strange. Um... So, anyway, I don't know how much you want to, like, get into this. I want to get to more of the paranormal spiritual stuff, too. But I was in school, and I was just having more panic attacks, more anxiety. And I was in counseling. I was on medications. I was, like, trying to do all the right things, but it wasn't going well at all. And I was also, like, taking all these classes and still trying to practice all these hours at the same time. And the stress was really just getting to me, like, faster and faster each time. I was still self-harming. I was in the ER at one point. Then I got put in the psych ward for, like, a week, as you know. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it just kind of got exponentially worse. Yeah. But I never, I wouldn't leave school. I, like, refused to leave school because it was, like, my dream and my sure. passion. And I was, like, I am not leaving, which, looking back, I definitely should have just, like, took a break. But yeah. I didn't want to do that because I was super stubborn. Um, And, yeah, I don't want to get too, like, detailed. But at one point, I, like, kind of tried to overdose. And so it was bad. And after that, was the next kind of um 
I mean, do you want to talk about any of that? It's or up to you. do you want to just like gloss over it? Because either one is fine. If you have like a question, I can stop my talking. No, I feel like you explained it really well. Okay. So this is after, this is like spring of 2016, second semester of school. This is after like psych wards and hospitals and all that stuff. And I was practicing in this place called Smith Hall, which you've been to. Yes, I have. The building's definitely haunted, right? It's the creepiest place I've ever seen. <laughs> it's so haunted. It's like this old, ornate building like you would think of in a big university. Super high walls, giant like paintings that like... The, the portraits. Eyes, the portraits, the eyes follow you. It just... They really do. If I was... If anyone was <laughs> alone in that <laughs> building, like at night, I was like... You took me there and I was like... This is not cool. I, and I was always alone there because I was always practicing so late at night. Right. Like, I would get done at, like, 3 in the morning or out. something. But I was never creeped out until this time. So I was practicing all night. And it was, I remember that I was done. And I knew there was no one else practicing because you can kind of, like, hear people in the other practice rooms. Yeah. And the practice rooms are on the top floor. And it's, like, I think, like, a three-story building, maybe, with a basement. It's this huge place with grand staircases and everything. And so I was done. I leave the practice rooms and I walk down the stairs. And it was pretty much exactly 3 a.m. Because I remember looking at the clock, which that would have meant nothing to me at the time. But means something here. (laughs) (laughs) Now that I know you and like all the stuff you say about like 3 a.m. being the witching hour, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Everybody, I think has experienced something when they experience something terrible it's always at 3 a.m <laughs> that's like a thing i don't know why no one ever knows really why but it happens yeah i don't know but it must be real because i'm walking out the building and i start hearing voices like actual voices like not just like little things here and there out of the corner of my eye like i'm hearing like people talking and it's the middle of the night and there's no one in this building And I remember that it was, like, I remember the feeling of these voices are coming from outside myself. You know when you can, like, tell when something is coming from in your head? Yeah. But it was, like, I, it was, like, my ears could physically hear it. But it was almost like it was kind of at a distance. I couldn't understand what the people were saying, but it sounded like two people talking to each other. Like a man and a woman talking to each other. And I remember just standing there frozen like what is happening and I just kind of heard these two voices exchanging back and forth for a while and then I'm thinking like there's no way there's no way I'm like hearing things which I was diagnosed with bipolar so like that's very likely that's very likely you were hearing something (laughs) but I just I still had like a very like logical mind I've always had a very like I like to get to the bottom of things like rational and I'm like no there's no way so I start walking around the whole building by myself, like into the basement, like the dark basement, like the pipes are making like scary noises and stuff. And I'm like, there's got to be someone here. Yeah, Nancy Drew is on the case. And yeah, I love Nancy Drew. Uh, you know, I spoiler know you alert, there was, you Sorry. do know me so well. <laughs> spoiler alert, there was no one there. And I kept hearing like noises, like the whole time I'm walking through the building, I'm like hearing like kind of flashes of voices and... I was getting more freaked out by the second. And I, like, 
run out of the building I'm like really scared and I'm like oh there's actually nobody here there's no one outside there's no one in this building um I feel like that's the first maybe a little more extreme example of you know what some might call a hallucination or what you might call a spiritual encounter right did you know at the time no okay I I guess in theory I believed in spiritual and paranormal stuff but I did not have any kind of personal experience with it and never gave it that much thought right so and and also at the time I was like fully immersed in like I'm trying to figure out how to handle my mental illness so everything is like medications and counseling and all that stuff which is not bad and not false but just the idea of looking at things from a spiritual angle did not occur to me i was like oh i must have like full-on hallucinated um so it wasn't super long after that that i left school for that semester a little bit early i didn't quit school but i came home like a month early because clearly it wasn't going well because they put me on some medicine after that because it was like oh crap she's hallucinating we should probably do something about that and then i just couldn't stay awake (laughs) yeah i was like falling asleep everywhere so i was like this isn't working out so i'm gonna go home and i don't know if you want to interject at all but that is when i met you that is when you met me. So if you want to say you're like, love at first sight peace, now's your time. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> well. Not that I'm setting you up at all. You are setting me up, but that's okay. I mean. I'm just kidding. That's all right. I can talk about whatever you want me to talk about. Well, I do feel like that was really significant and like we'll talk more about that. Yeah. No, your brother. As we go on. Your brother-in-law was like, hey, you should meet my sister-in-law. Or he wasn't you. They weren't married at the time. He's like, oh yeah, yeah, they're hey, still dating. My fiance has a sister. You should meet her. And I was like, sure, why not? <laughs> and then, and then it was like months later that I actually did meet you. Yeah, lo and behold, we do get along. And we like each other. Yeah, <laughs> no, it was a good story. That was a good story. I can tell that story. No, it's okay. I mean, you you don't have to. You can tell whatever you want. But I do feel like that was a definite, significant well, okay. turning point of my story. I'll tell you a weird, a weird story. Because when I met, the very first night I met you, you know, like I came in, I saw you. I thought you had nice legs because you had a skirt on. There it is. But uh, Thank no, you, so, no, but that, when I met you, <laughs> like I would kind of like knew that you had, you know, bipolar. I'd never really, like I'd only known a few people that had it and it wasn't like, what we experienced but like um no i felt like this tugging on my heart by the end of the night like i felt like you had your posture was different like even sitting here next to you or next to you across from you you had this like slouched down like you've always been really happy and nice and friendly but you had this like this, this like it's not it felt like there was something sitting on your shoulders and i remember god specifically i was leaving that night and he was like you should offer to pray for her. He's like, you should put your hand on her and pray for her. And I was like, I don't know her. I, you offered I said, me a beer. I, did, I don't think you offered me a prayer. I did offer you as a summer shandy. It's barely a beer. <laughs> but anyway, and you took it to be cool. And then Jeremy Whatever. called you out. But anyway, um, <laughs> hey, Lillian, you probably are on too many medicines to be drinking a beer. 
Yeah, that was was cute. He was killing my kids. But I felt like God told me to do that, and I didn't do that. And I felt like when I left, it was... um, like, it was really heavy on my heart. Like, I felt like God was like, you need to pray for her. And I was like, okay. So I remember going home, and it was, like, kind of, like, cloudy, and it wasn't, like, weird or anything like that. But, um, like, there was, like, it wasn't stormy. But I went home, and I stood in my driveway, and I was like, I'm going to pray here. So I start praying, and I start praying for you. And I was like, God, I don't know what's going on with her, but it seems like she's got something on her, and I pray that you start, that you lift it. And as I started praying that, the wind started blowing and it started blowing like faster and faster. And then all of a sudden it just broke out into this like fierce storm. And then I just kind of got the chills and it sounds <laughs> like, like well, maybe I shouldn't date her. And, then, and yeah. And then people listening are probably like, he also has mental illness, but like, <laughs> um, no, it was a thing. It happened. It was like this weather just happened. It just stormed like so hard. The wind blew so hard. And the more I prayed, the faster it blew and it just broke into this like, like big storm and then i went inside and i was like i guess i should have prayed for her back there <laughs> that's <laughs> that's interesting continue on yeah well so i know that i met you in april yeah. 2016 and then we kind of hung out in groups a few times yeah and then i remember the first time that i really talked to you like had a full-on like one-on-one deep conversation with you and I'm usually really shy. I'm not like a tell somebody my whole life story when I first meet them kind of person. But I told you quite a few things. Like maybe not everything, but I remember like opening up to you quite a bit about some of the stuff that had been going on because it was all really recent. Right. Like, you know, I was like taking a few too many pills like three weeks before I met you. Yeah. And I don't know, I guess, you know, call it love. But I just, I felt really, like, safe around you, and I started talking about this stuff. And you were the one that first said, like, a lot of this stuff sounds spiritual. Like, it sounds like things that I've kind of experienced in my own life. Like, not personally, not like you'd had the same uh, experiences as I had, but that, like, you kind of recognize this spiritual element in it of, like, this sounds dark. Yeah. This sounds like it could be demonic, something like that. And that was interesting to me because um, I was a Christian. I was raised Christian. I still am Christian. But at the time, I wasn't maybe super strong in my faith. You know, I don't know that I really, like, I believed in God. And I I would say I had somewhat of a personal relationship. Sure. But that kind of stuff would have never occurred to me. Right. Like, And that. it doesn't until it's happened to you. No, so I remember talking to you and you being like, this stuff sounds spiritual, and it really, like, shook me to my core. I was like, what the heck? Like, this is all new to me. And it put this whole different lens of things on because, you know, my faith was really important to me, but I didn't have any way of connecting the two. I had no way of connecting, like, all of the mental illness stuff that I was experiencing with my faith and my relationship with God and also like the devil mm-hmm. and um and i feel like that was kind of a big a big turning point because you know sure. over the next few weeks i kept thinking about these things you know they would come up in my head and um and some weird synchronicity that night we ended up walking around that neighborhood for like three hours it was a calm night and all of a sudden it started storming that's true 
And we had our walk in the rain. And we walked in the rain. And we fell in love. It was very romantic. <laughs> and I came sprinting home and told Michael all about it. <laughs> and he was just sitting. But it was a, I just thought I always link those two together because when I started praying for you that night, it just stormed out of nowhere. And that night we started walking and talking about that stuff, also stormed out of nowhere. Yeah. No, I, I would say that's significant. It sounds very symbolic. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I forgot to add one little thing sure. about the hearing voices. Yeah. But there was another time, and I don't know the date, but it was around that time, actually. It was around the time that I talked to you. I don't know if it was um, right before or after. But I heard the same voices. I was in my room at home. So the first time was at college. And then the second time, I was in my room at home, you know, three hours away. And I heard... Everyone was asleep. It was late at night, and I heard two voices talking. And again, it was a man and a woman talking to each other in, like, this faint, distant way. And this time, you know, on a college campus, maybe you could excuse it away. Like, oh, there's people up at all hours of the night on a college campus, especially a big university, all the time. But, like, this is my house. <laughs> you know, my parents are asleep. There's no one there, but my parents are and sleeping And it was the same me. voices? And it, I mean, they were faint, so they weren't super distinct, but, like, yeah, pretty much. I mean, it was a man and a woman talking to each other. And for the first time, I, like, distinguished one phrase that they said. You know, before it was just kind of all, like, when you're hearing someone talk from another room. Sure. Where you can hear someone saying something, Bits but you can't make out the words. And the only thing I could make out was, she's dead. <laughs> I'm like, that's great. Yikes. Yeah. So... I don't know if that was like right before or after I talked to you, but it was right around that time. But I want to make sure I added that because I think that's kind of interesting because it kind of confirms that something was going on yeah, before I remember you because telling me there that. was definite correlations between those two stories. Right. And um, and around the time that you started telling me, you know, maybe some of these things sound spiritual. I can't really describe it, but I got this overwhelming sense. And maybe you'll remember me saying this, but I, I kept saying, something wants me dead. Yeah, I remember you All saying All the time, that. I would say that. And it was a strange shift because, you know, I dealt with, like, lots of, like, suicidal thoughts. Like, yeah. I actually just, like, felt like I personally wanted to die. But it was a distinct feeling. It was like an outside source. I almost felt like death was like imminent, but it felt like it was coming from the outside. I felt like something was targeting me, but I could not place what it was, which kind of freaked me out. And I remember one night I was pacing around in my room because a lot of times I would have like panic attacks late at night and I'm pacing around my room and I was having all of these like really dark thoughts just flood my head. And this was shortly after we had talked. And I don't know. It was like, it just, something clicked. And I realized, like, these thoughts aren't coming from me. That's, like, the only way that I can describe it is I just, it was like I was hearing all these horrible phrases and all these words and thoughts streaming into my head and these yeah. images and i realized there was no like connecting piece to it yeah. it was like it wasn't like i was thinking this and i'm feeling this and so then my mind is coming up with this and i'm ruminating on it it wasn't anything like that it was like 
it felt like thoughts were being inserted into my brain. I feel like that sounds crazy, and that all... <laughs> I feel like maybe some of the stuff I've said at this point sounds like I'm, like, losing my credibility a little bit. Like, okay, but, like, you're bipolar, so you're weird. But I... It felt very distinct from stuff that I'd been experiencing. Yeah. And the stuff I'd been experiencing before was, like, landing me in psych wards. So, sure. I mean, it's not like it wasn't real. not ready real. to tell everyone about that. I, we can talk about it if you want. It's not that no, spiritual. No, joking. Oh. I said you're not just advertising that to people. No. <laughs> not most people, at least. Yeah. It's not that spiritual. It's just sad and weird. But, um, yeah. So that was a big point of, like, maybe something else is going on. Maybe Raphael is right. <laughs> maybe it's spiritual. I have been right before once or twice. <laughs> That was the only time in our relationship that you were right. That was it. Once we got married, I stopped being right. Yeah, for sure. Uh, (laughs) But um, what's interesting is that, and and I still believe to this day that there really were spiritual components. Obviously, that's kind of like the point of what I'm talking about, not to invalidate the fact that i did have a diagnosed mental illness and there were a lot of like yeah. medical and brain chemistry aspects of, of it. it there was other stuff and i once you kind of um even suggested that idea it was like slowly i started to become aware of it and that kind of like released the floodgates yeah for things because i you know as a christian i do feel like the devil did not like to be exposed. No. It makes him very angry. Right. And I started, you know, as as bad of a shape as I was in, in some small way, I started kind of like taking control a little bit and being like, you know, maybe I do like want to live. Maybe my life is worth something. And maybe something really is targeting me and like I need to be fighting against this. Right. And, and that's when it gets fun. Believe what you will, but like, <laughs> I believe the devil did not like that at all. And so then all of a sudden my paranormal experiences like multiplied like crazy. Um, so I think maybe what I'll start with from that point is like, so I went to California that summer, as you remember, for yep. a few weeks for this music festival thing. And, uh. I was in the airport by myself and I had this like flash of an image and it was like, it was like a crocodile like head, like picture a crocodile and it's like black and it has red eyes. So I don't know. Like my worst nightmare. (laughs) Yeah. You hate alligators. And crocodiles. And crocodiles. Are they different? Yeah. Oh, Okay. Well, you That's hate- a, I'm not an expert, so I'm just going to say yeah. <laughs> you sounded very authoritative. I believed you. Yeah. But I saw like this uh, crocodile head and it was over my uh, right shoulder. It was over my right shoulder. And it just struck fear in me. Yeah. I couldn't explain why. Like it just came out of nowhere. I was just walking around O'Hare Airport and it just like struck fear in me. I was like, that's... Well, yeah. A black crocodile head with red <laughs> eyes would strike fear in anyone. Well, I feel like I should distinguish 
I wouldn't say it was like a pure hallucination because I wasn't like physically seeing it and like thinking this is real. She's like, oh. I had like a sense of like this is in my mind. It's a vision. Yeah, it was like a vision. So, um, that started that summer, but I would see it like routinely. Like I would have this image of this like creepy black crocodile thing like hovering over my face and um and i would always get this like deep deep sense of dread whenever i uh saw it and um i feel like you'll talk more about that later it does it does tie in but i have to like mention it now but i'm kind of trying to go chronologically because that helps me but so i started seeing that somewhat regularly and then I came home later that summer and um okay so I'll I'll tell this story so I come home from California it's late summer it's before I'm going back to school for my sophomore year and it's late at night and I'm pacing around my room having a panic attack as per usual of the time right and I had this, um, you remember, I had this old, like, vanity. Yeah. It was actually an antique. I got yeah. it from, like, some lady's house. I don't even know who she was. And it was one of those big painted vanities with the big, and it had, like, the original mirror. It was, like, not a very clear mirror, and it was, like, wooden and a little bit ornate. And I had that in my room. And... Maybe that thing was haunted. I don't know. <laughs> it was creepy. <laughs> it was a little creepy. I don't own it now. I gave it to my sister so she can deal with it. Nice. <laughs> Pass it on. They don't believe in that stuff, I don't think. So, like, maybe they're fine. But I was pacing around my room, and I remember stopping, and I stared at myself in that mirror from across the room. And I kept looking at my face. And as I looked at my face... It started morphing. Like, I don't know. It was like things kind of became blurry and things were shifting. And I don't know. Like, I thought I was just really stressed out, which I was. But things kind of kept morphing and shifting until I saw a full-on skull in the place of my face in this mirror. Yeah. Does that make sense the way I said it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I see, like, the face of death in place of my own face in a mirror in my house. And I remember just, like, being completely in shock. And I, like, step back. I'm really freaked out. And this kind of sounds like a movie, but it triggers all of these flashbacks. And all of a sudden, all of these things from what I'd experienced over the past, I don't know, six months, a year of all of these like really horrible times and times of like desperation and self-harm and suicidal stuff and all like the worst of the worst that I'd experienced with having a mental illness flashes before my eyes in like memory form and in every single memory that crocodile face that I had been seeing from like a month prior is in my memories like, it's, it's in my memories. Like, I'm, like, seeing myself kind of, like, third person and all of these memories 
and I see this thing over my shoulder in every single memory. Jeez. Like down to taking the pills. So, and so that kind of shook me. Yeah. And at that point, I like really believed you. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wow, Raph is right. Maybe it is spiritual. Um. Sorry. <laughs> I just look over Michael. I'm like, you know it was. Up. you know it was <laughs> and is that when you is that when you called me yeah i called you and i think we read the bible together at like 4 a.m is that how you remember it yeah i remember i you called me and we talked for a couple hours at least and i had to like calm you down because you were hysterical was i you were I, some you, of it's blurry to be honest and we talked and talked and talked and you told me all that stuff and i just remember just getting like being up in my room you know pacing around probably vaping i don't know what i was doing you were definitely vaping, I was definitely vaping. and then i you should I, stop i yeah probably psa should. it's bad for you well here we go um <laughs> but i got this awful feeling hypocrite anyway no i was kidding i got this awful awful feeling and it was a really dark feeling on top of like all, all these stories like it was creeping me out, and like it does a lot. Most of this, and you've been dealing with this for like yeah, the and whole stuff summer. doesn't really creep me out. Once in a while, it gets me, and then that's when I know it's bad, and like, <laughs> for at least for me. Yeah. Um, and I remember like we got off the phone, and I, and I, it was it was late. It was like four or five in the morning, and it was still dark. And I and I, my room, the door to my room was like um, kind of open. And I always keep this light on in the living room. When you know, go down the hallway, there's a living room. You know you live there. But the people don't know that. Anyway, so this light is on. <laughs> yes, and, I, and I just started praying again. And I was like, started praying for you. And I was like, you know what, God? This is, I don't know what's going on with her. And I was like, this is bad. This is real bad. And I just started praying and praying and praying. And I remember just getting the heaviest, darkest feeling I've ever felt. And I was like facing the doorway. And I see a shadow move across the light of the living room it like it like oh. went dark for a second that's not good and i was like i'm getting chills right now but like i remember Is being your like left eye watering not yet but like <laughs> um i remember that happening when i started praying for you and like every time i started praying for you something would like a reaction would happen and i remember just seeing that shadow move by like i didn't see it's, it's i'm maybe i'm not describing it right but like you know, you can see the light coming down the hallway, and it's like it's like someone passed in front of it. Yeah. And so you just see like this, like it just goes dark for a second, and I was like, oof. Yeah, I know what you're talking and about. And then I prayed, and I went to sleep. And then <laughs> at that point, I was like, man, there is something really, really serious going on. <laughs> Which, like, side note, the fact that you still wanted to date me during this. <laughs> I, like, well, I liked the you. The fact that there was any room for, like, romance amidst. <laughs> well, it wasn't always scary. But like I, I just I felt like this very strong compel, like compelling feeling to help you. Like I was like I need to help her. Like I'm told her this stuff. I need to help her. You know, obviously I liked you as well. It wasn't just like a mission. Yeah. But it, it like I felt like specifically like I was like instructed to help you. Like just like like a, a feeling like you got to see her through this. Yeah, and I and I think it's cool that also like really from like the time i met you but especially like after that first time we talked like i really trusted you 
and you were always like the person that I wanted to talk to when I was like scared or freaking out about something which is not really typical of me because you know I'm a little bit right. of a reserved type person and I didn't know you that well so I think it's kind of interesting that that was happening simultaneously where you were feeling compelled to help me and I felt compelled to like confide in you about this stuff right. that really no one knew about me right. except for like maybe my parents kind of um but yeah I mean, not that there wasn't, like, fun relationship stuff Sure. besides that. Because, like, you're my best friend. All right, carry on. You don't even want to hear me say you're... Okay, I'm offended. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love that. All right. It's okay. You're, in, prof- it. you're in professional mode. It's fine. All right. So, after that, I did go back to school again because I'm an idiot. and i went back to school because i was still like super determined like music is my life i'm gonna make this work but the stuff still kept following me around and i feel like kind of as i said before i started looking at things from a spiritual perspective and i started getting closer to god and reading more of the bible but it kind of it kind of made some of the creepy stuff worse like it like flared up you know because i think it like didn't like being exposed so i was still dealing with a lot of that like in that crocodile face i was talking about like that still followed me like through the summer through the fall like randomly i could be walking across campus and i would see it i would feel it i would almost feel like it was physically choking me sometimes yeah so it was it was pretty extreme um and i just yeah, I just had a hard time. I had a lot of, like, panic attacks. Still, I had, like, visions of, like, me dying or, like, being killed. Just, like, violent stuff. I was just plagued by that. Yeah. And, you know, at this point, I was, like, more serious about my faith. And I really was trying to fight against it. And it was just still coming at me. And I still felt like something wants me dead. Something wants me dead. I remember this one time I was uh, really freaked out. And I open the bible i don't know if it was like one of those random like open the bible and hope that the verse is okay which probably isn't great but i did and it was psalm 70 i think and it talks about like enemies and people like after you people after your life i'm sure it's like david talking about it i wish i remembered it more specifically but so um yeah and you were really you know we were still dating and you were there for me and stuff but um should we talk about the the time i met the devil now because that was around that time i want to make sure i tell that story i have a whole little separate page in my notebook for it this story was so wild and at first it didn't it it didn't click yeah audience make of it what you will because i feel like it's gonna sound lame when i tell it but i'm gonna try my best to do it justice so during that time that fall after i had met you i was in school and there was i was living in an apartment and there was a starbucks near my apartment and i like the next building over yeah yeah it was close by and i went into the starbucks and waited in line like usual there's always you know a lot of college kids there and i ordered my drink and i get up to the um little counter bar area where they like you wait for your drink and this man 
just like shows up and he's really tall definitely over six feet granted I'm five one so most people seem tall to me but this guy is like very very tall and he's it's the middle of the day it's like it's like four in the afternoon and he's in a a black suit at a college Starbucks I don't know and he just starts talking to me to me specifically and he starts kind of complimenting me complimenting my appearance and the way I dress and like trying to strike up a conversation and he's I don't know how old he looked maybe like 40s definitely a lot older than me and um so old at 40 (laughs) quiet rap (laughs) he was probably older than that but I I remember feeling like something seemed like a little bit off about him you know definitely got super creepy vibes but didn't I don't know I was too nice back then now I'm super mean but at the time, <laughs> at the time, I was, like, really you nice. Sound so mean. Yeah, I would, like, talk to anybody. And I was just, like, trying to be polite and, like, doing the girl thing of, like, let's try to be polite and not stand up for ourselves, even though we should. I won't go into my feminist rant. Don't worry. That's, f- that's fine if you do. No, I know this you don't. This is your story. <laughs> but anyway, he was talking to me. I don't remember the specific words he was saying, but he wants to like meet with me like he wants to continue talking with me and there's no like room in that particular starbucks so he wants to like basically go on a walk with me or like walk me to like the next location i'm going to which is weird i definitely should never have said sure but also there is something that always stuck out to me is like he complimented you on your clothing and what did he say about your clothing because that's what's yeah all the little details are what makes this story so creepy yeah so he complimented me again as we were walking because i said okay i'm going to this music building which was like very close by and it was still light out so i'm like okay maybe i can just walk with this guy for a few minutes and it's in public and i'll get rid of him and he was like i like the way you dress you dress kind of like you're from another time you know Kind of like he liked that I dressed like old school, I guess. I wore a lot of skirts. Didn't he tell you that he hadn't, he doesn't see girls dressed like that anymore? Yeah, he said like, I haven't seen girls dressed like that in a long time. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> That's weird. Um, and so we were walking by, um, and I don't know, I feel like you're better visually, spatially, so help me with this but there's the starbucks building and then there's my apartment and then there's the music building which is where i was yeah. going to or where i told him i was going to and so you have to walk right past my apartment building to get to the music building and we're midway through our walk and we are right past my apartment which is really close by it's pretty like you know it's right off the street and he asked me where do i live like, I've never met this guy in my life. And he, he say, you, don't you live near here? Or, or do you live near here? No, he just, yeah. It was either he asked, do you live near here? Or I think he just asked, where do I live, to be honest. And he said it, literally, he couldn't have been closer to my apartment. Weren't you, like, directly And at the exact by? moment. Like, in this whole walk, at any time, it was exactly from my apartment. And I'm like, 
is this guy stalking me or is this a coincidence and I lied and I said I lived somewhere that I didn't and we keep walking and there's people doing construction and there's people walking around and I remember thinking kind of more in retrospect that what was weird and this is why I think it's I'm very convinced that this is like probably not a physical person I think it was like a spiritual encounter because I don't remember him being in the Starbucks line and granted he stuck out he was like a tall older guy in a complete black suit in a sea of like college kids and it was like a longer line so I was there for a while and he was right behind me I don't remember ever seeing him I don't remember anyone reacting to him it was like everyone was just going about their life like normal and they didn't even see this guy and it was the same when we were walking just no one looked up no one it was like we were in a vacuum so take that as what you will but I think it was weird and then he turns to me and he goes do you know what I do and I was like no uh what (laughs) (laughs) sell vacuums this sounds like it's from a movie but he says you know what I do and I said no and he says I help people and I pause and I go help people with what and he just looks at me with this like really creepy face and he just says whatever they need and I was like oh shit (laughs) (laughs) I gotta go so I walk up to the music building and then he's it was like he was trying to make me some kind of deal or offer I think if you look at this from a non-spiritual perspective as Matt once suggested maybe he was a pimp I'm pretty sure it was the devil but maybe it was a pimp yeah I don't know but he like he wanted like my name and my number and he wanted me to physically like write it down and he wanted to like kept giving me these like creepy vague offers and so I think I gave him like a fake name and number and you know I felt really threatened but I was just like I don't know so I gave him this fake information and I walked into this building and I just remember like thinking don't look back don't look back you know because this guy could follow me and I didn't and he didn't follow me yeah yeah I don't know if he just didn't I was like I mean, he could have. I guess it was maybe open to the public, but he just chose not to. And I never saw the guy again, but I remember calling you, and I was pretty freaked out about that experience. So he may have been soliciting me uh, for sex. I think it was the devil. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to interject we, at we, all? We, like, ran over that story over and over again. Like, we picked that story apart. That's why I can, like, remember every, like, little weird detail and every li- weird thing. Yeah. And, like, it wasn't till I don't even know, like, what made me think of it. Matt and I had talked about it and 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 analyzed it. Me and you talked about it. Sorry. And then I just remember, like, I don't even know what made me, like, think of this. And I was just, like, 
it was like all the all the weird things he said like oh like you, you said he he people didn't notice him but he was noticeable like no one else really was paying attention and that was something weird because we had talked about it and analyzed the story yeah. and like it wasn't really till months later that that aspect of it stuck out to me but i right. felt like i was in a vortex with That's this weird. person and and just the things he was saying like like i haven't seen anyone dressed like that in a really long time like that's just strange like the guy had been around for a really long time yeah and then he like knew exactly where you lived and asked you where you live. There's no way that was a coincidence. No. I'm and, sorry, and, there's and no then way. the part where he makes you an offer. Like, I'm sorry, that to me, that just sounds like... A vague offer. Like, it just sounds like, like something out of a movie. Like, yeah. or a book. You know, like, the... the what is that? The Devil and Daniel Webster? Oh, wait, that's a, that's a documentary. Just kidding. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, no, and the, when you said that to me, like, it wasn't until a long time later that we, like, I was like, what if that was, like, the devil? Yeah, and, and so we I both got like super chills. Yeah, I got like chills and I was like, and just and like, it, yeah, it could have been anything, but just the stuff around it was so strange. And it was like when I was in a very like vulnerable time. You were in a very vulnerable time. And like, unless that guy had just been like completely stalking you and knew everything, but like. But he never of, saw me again. Yeah, so and, like, and he didn't. And the weird thing is, is like he didn't follow you. No. And he could have followed you. There's no reason. He and if he knew where you. I lived, he could have like seen me again. Yeah. It's not like I like you know didn't live in my apartment anymore yeah. didn't ever go to that starbucks again i you, never saw him again and after that i started googling stories about people who had thought they'd encountered the devil and there were definitely a lot of similarities a lot of weird similarities yeah i mean like i said before i am someone that likes to look at things from kind of a logical sure. rational like see if we can come up with like yeah. a solid physical right. reason behind things but i do think there's also something to be said for our intuition yeah you know there's like that unexplainable factor of like you just know because there was just no real explanation for that guy like i people might think i'm crazy but like i know that was the devil yeah i just i know it in my gut so you know take it as what you will but um yeah i had to tell that story gotta go back page to my notes yeah um so that was when i was in school and then a little bit later i did like permanently leave school because i'd been trying to like make the whole bipolar with school thing work and it was not for like a year so i moved back to the good old hometown of rockford (laughs) and you know at least i had you that was great and and we went through a lot of stuff yeah when you got home yeah and that's when things kind of got weird yeah i remember like not too long like maybe maybe a month after i moved home and at this point like i totally believed in spiritual stuff i was like trying to invest in my relationship with god and read the bible more and you know i know you were praying for me and i was like not a skeptic anymore i was like okay this is real and i have to figure out how to get through this but there were still like these huge blocks that seemed really out of my control yeah like you remember that one time when you were praying for me oh my gosh (laughs) you would have these like like they were like these crippling panic attacks yeah but they were like like causing you like almost like pain or like you would like like tense up and freeze up and i remember like i i offered to pray for you to pray over you yeah and i remember like we were like you were like sitting on the floor and I remember I put my hand on you and I started praying for you and you shook 
like so hard and clenched up and you were like shaking and you asked me to stop. Yeah, I, I remember that. I was like, you should probably stop praying because I was like physically like sick. Yeah. Like, I felt like I was going to throw up. I felt like I was going to pass out. Like I was like so weak. I like couldn't hold my body up. It was so weird. And not really a, a normal reaction no. to someone praying. And, and I was a Christian too. Yeah. And I totally believed that I was like a real christian but there was just like there was something else that had been kind of like attached that i think just like did not want to let go um and that's when i really knew that there was something really serious yeah if you didn't already i already knew but like that was like i know i've said this before but like the fact that you were like romantically dating me this whole time (laughs) i was always like that you must have thought I was very pretty. Yeah, I cared about you a lot. <laughs> um, and still do. Thank you. I care about you too. Sorry. Mushiness. Continue. Yeah, you don't want too much of that on your podcast. No. It's unprofessional. Um, it isn't merit. Maybe it's love. <laughs> maybe it's spiritual. Okay, stop it. Um. So, yeah. So I was back home and... I was not in school anymore. I was not playing piano anymore. That ship had kind of sailed along with most of my dreams, let's be real. And uh, I just kind of was trying to rebuild my life a little bit. You know, I did start going to church with you and a lot of the people here. And, um, you know, did community college, got a part-time job, like trying to just kind of figure it out. But a lot of the mental illness stuff was still just so crippling to me i mean you know every night i had panic attacks that were like three hours long and you would say really scary things to me yeah do you want to say any of that i do you can if you want one time okay like because i don't even remember a lot of this stuff one thing that always stuck out to me and it was like super 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 creepy is that um this i'm just gonna get real for a second that's okay but um you you were like freaking out and like sometimes you'd get really like agitated and like almost just angry and violent towards me and like we were like got into like a fight about something and you looked at me and you you kind of like you had this like weird look on your face and you go you're a woman hater oh yeah and and that chilled me to the bone and the reason that is and i'll just be honest is because i had kind of a verbally abusive mom and she would say that exact thing to me and yeah that's specific and you didn't know that and you would have never known that and no one would have ever known that no because your mom had passed away yeah she's been dead for 21 years yeah but um you said that to me and at that moment and i sound like a crazy person myself but like if you've ever dealt (laughs) or even heard people who are like in the christian realm of deliverance ministries they will tell you that if they're praying over somebody that sometimes that person who would have who would be demonically influenced would say something to them to that only that 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 no one else would know yeah and and to me that's when i knew that there was something like like i've said that like a million times but like that's when i was just like oh okay so like and it was like i wasn't talking to you for a minute yeah that's weird also, I'm sorry. That's okay. I didn't mean to. That's all right. <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah, you. no one would have known. But yeah, I was definitely but I knew um, what that meant. affected by a lot of things. And then, um, 
I mean, the, the audience can't see them now, but I don't know if you're going to take pictures. But I, I had drawings. Yeah, you would draw the things Because I would see. have all these panic attacks, and I would see a lot of, like, similar, like, visions and things. And they would, like, keep me up at night, and they would bug me, and, um, yeah. And I had a few different visions of these, like, drawings, and one of them was still that freaking crocodile face that wouldn't leave me alone and another one was like this hooded figure with like claws and like blood running from it and then another one i think maybe it was the hat man which i know you've had guests talk about the hat man just a few (laughs) i don't have that many hat man stories but i did have like a very very um uh like unsettling jarring like vision of like this figure that was in my room at my parents house at the time where I was staying and it was in my room and it was like really tall really skinny wearing this like kind of old style almost pinstripe suit and it didn't have a hat but it had kind of this like skeleton like like evil evil face and I'm pretty sure that was like a form of the hat man but yeah I was seeing a lot of shit at that time yeah you were (laughs) and we were so much stuff was going on and we were praying and it just seemed like we were praying for you and that didn't seem to work we you were taking medicines and like no medicine would work like they would i was on a lot of meds you were on a lot of medicines and they would make you like sleep for 15 hours or like shake like it just like it was like nothing there was like nothing that could work yeah but you and Matt were praying for me a lot. We did. We, yeah. And you would, like, we went to your house. I didn't even really know at the time. We went to your in house. My own world. Yeah, we went to your house and we Can anointed. We take, like, a quick yeah. break. Yeah, let's take a break. Okay, so we took a little break and now we're back because Matt Hansen uh, is joining us and he was a part, a big part of this last half of your story. Yeah, and, and I just want to say that. You know, a lot of the experiences have sounded pretty negative, and the story is probably pretty depressing, but there's a lot of good that came of it, and a lot of it's because of, you know, you and my whole church community, all my friends, and, you know, Matt specifically is on because you both did a lot to um, help with my healing, so. We tried. (laughs) You succeeded, for sure. So this would have been, like, the spring of 2017 2017 yeah and things were really bad i mean i was drawing pictures of demons you were drawing pictures of demons they and weren't great <laughs> you were saying a lot of really scary things about dying and i was extremely freaked out and i went to your family for help i went to our church for help and uh, matt specifically and I remember very specifically the turning point for when things we decided to get really serious because I was just like, I can't do this anymore and she needs help and I need a lot of help. <laughs> and so like... Like I was probably going to die. Let's be real. It, it was I, like, I, I was got, afraid to I leave you alone. Help. I would come home from work. I had driven to school like, and you lived three hours away and it was just... There's so many things that like I had taken on for so long and I finally got to a point where I was like, I need 
some counsel and I went to your to your family and I went to my pastor and I went to Matt and then um, we went to this Christian's men's conference that we go to every year the iron sharpens iron and we had gone to a um, Matt had broken off into one of the, the groups and this guy and um, like, I don't know, his associate, I guess I'll call him, were there, and they were... I think he was an associate pastor. Associate pastor, yeah. yeah. So he was associate pastor in Freeport. Really cool guy. Uh, I have his book. Can't remember his name, but a very cool guy. And Matt was like, dude, you have got to go talk to these guys. He's like, I told them some of the stuff that's been going on with Lillian. I told them stuff that's been going on with you, and they want to meet with us. And so instead of going to one of these sessions, we went to this room with these guys and they prayed over us they prayed for us and um sorry for people who are listening who are not christian like this isn't like the normal christian thing i don't think i don't think this is the normal christian i go to church and youth group and it's fun like this is kind of like a darker like real side the spiritual warfare side to things and i think spiritual warfare is a really important thing and i think that god calls us to do things and step out and help people and it can cost you a lot but it's worth it but anyway just side note for people who are not christian i don't want to exclude anyone that's not no not it's just like this is and even people who are christian be like what are they talking about (laughs) but i don't know so i this guy um he prayed over me and I was just like, I was like crying and I was just like, I want to help her and I care about her and I don't know what to do. And like, I don't know, Matt, you tell this part because like you remember it better than I do. Like what he said to me, cause it didn't click with me at all. Do you know what I'm talking about? I can't remember specifically what he said to you at that point, but I remember <clears throat> before we like met up with those guys, um, you had before I went to the session with them where they were like speaking about something vague, like I don't know how to be a good dad or something. I don't know. It's like not have anything to do with it, but it was, but we went to like the secret bathroom that like no one's supposed to go to so we could vape. <laughs> and, and you're like, dude, of course you, did. <laughs> you were like, um, I was like, so how's it going? Cause we hadn't really talked, you know, that day that much. You're like, not good. You're like, do not tell Lillian I told you this, but she's suicidal. And I'm like, what? And you're like, yeah, it's really bad. And you're really scared for her. I was. And you're really scared for her. And you're like, dude, just be praying about this. And I'm like, okay, we should probably go to our session. And so then I went to the session. Can't remember what it was about, but it was like very powerful. Like, I think these, I think those guys should just do the entire thing. Yeah. Be honest. yeah, those guys. They've been back since. They were like by far the most powerful speakers and everything. And um, and I just felt like like I just heard in my head like you need to ask them to pray for for Lillian and Rath. So afterwards, I like hung around. And I'm like, hey, you know, like I don't I I don't know how to ask you this, but could you pray for my friend? He's like, yeah, tell me the story. And like I I kind of broke it down a little bit. And he's like, he's like, we want to pray with your friend for sure. I'm like, okay, well, maybe we can meet you afterwards at your booth, and and you can, you can, you can, uh, we can pray with him. 
And I was like, okay, cool. So I think we we went out to lunch and then we skipped like the rest of the day and just like prayed in my suburban. Yeah. And then like after everything was done, we like went and met up with those guys. And then we stayed at the conference for like another like hour or something. Yeah, it was a long time. We were just praying and he said something to you about like he said what he had what his like ministry he was like a pastor but his like real strong he felt his strong ministry was praying demonic presences out of people and off of people and um he had like told us some stories of like you know when he knew it was demonic and stuff and he was like i feel like you know she's got some very heavy demonic things on her and he's like and he looked at me very specifically and he goes and i feel like you are going to help her and you are supposed to help her specifically and i was like oh and like i had i thought so i've been helping but like and he was like he's like he said this is your battle (laughs) that's what he told me and then he like said like i'm gonna pray he's like i'm gonna pray the gift that i have that god's given me onto you that's what he said that's right and i didn't get it and i was like he said mantle that's what he said he used the word mantle which is like in the bible but it means like you know someone's like cloak or like like gifting he said i'm gonna pray this onto you and i was like oh okay cool and then i didn't think about it and then we walk out to the car and matt's like dude do you realize what he just did <laughs> you were the one that like said that yeah yeah because like in the bible like when <laughs> i can't remember what what figures they were in the bible and he's like i want twice the gifts of elijah or something like that yeah. and they're like i'll give it to you but you don't know what that means like that's gonna be a heavy burden yeah that you have to carry and but it also means like that that's a huge um bestowing of gifts yeah you know and it was like a huge like i think um bestowing of spiritual power you know and i think after that like your prayers um like (laughs) we always joke because we're kind of like a team like with like like spiritual things and like God is always telling me, like, you hear from me, and then Raph prays. And he's like, not you, Raph. Like, Raph prays. Because your prayers are so powerful. Thank you. And you, like, but, and I think it's a gift, you know, it was given to you. Like, yeah, it's you, God. You, you know what to pray, and it's just, it's a gift. I don't even know, like, a lot of times what I'm saying. <laughs> like, it just kind of, like, rolls out, and I'm just like, oh. And then someone will be like, that meant so much to me, or say something like that and i'm like oh okay and it's not and that's not me it's like god doing it but yeah that was that's where i think we got like serious and like we and i and like i needed that because i was like at my end and like that's when we decided like okay we're gonna start praying and fasting for lillian specifically yeah which is really cool because most people you know wouldn't do that for somebody I mean, you were dating me, but, like, I mean, with Matt, like, we were friends, for sure, and and Nora, your wife, but, like, you didn't know me that well, you know? Not at that point, no. So, the fact that you would sacrifice that much time and that much energy into the healing of somebody that you didn't really know and didn't even know if it would work is, I think, really powerful. Thanks. Yeah, and... And so we, so we started fasting and praying every day until, so it'd be like, until like beyond lunch. I don't know. So it'd be like eight in the morning until like 
know, two or three. And at the time we worked together, so we could like go on yeah. walks and like and pray with each other about Lillian most of the time. Yeah. And everyone just thought we were probably like secretly romantic with each other. This <laughs> guy's going on so many walks. Man. I mean, you going, do have a serious bromance for sure. Still going on a lot of walks. <laughs> oh my gosh. But I remember, like, the things that would happen on those walks were really powerful. And the things that we would see, and it was like, I could tell that God was telling us. He would tell us what to say and what to pray. And it was like, I don't know, we just did a lot of weird stuff that just didn't seem like, I don't know. We, remember we just, like, walk around that one building downtown? Yeah. Yeah, I don't That's know. That's where you were working, though. That's time. where I was working at the time. And there was just one, this one really abandoned, old, weird building. And, like, we would just meet there and, like, walk around and pray. And that was really just intense and like so i remember driving and this is this is where it gets real weird and i is this the point with the yeah where the crocodile face comes into play because you need to talk about that yeah that's what i I was gonna bring that apart okay and then i don't know so i i'm driving and like we had been we were just like in prayer all the time so god and all of a sudden i hear these names i get these three names in my head one was Leviathan, one was Jezebel, and one was like Abaddon. And I was like, these are really weird names. Like, they're names like, you know, like I probably heard, like, they're like from the Bible. They're, you know, Leviathan is like in Job, and like Jezebel is like that evil queen, and like, like Abaddon is like, like mentioned in like Revelation. So I started doing research on this stuff, and this, <laughs> I end up on this like website, and it's a d- deliverance website literally called demonbuster.com the dorkiest name <laughs> sounds super legit it's so i know it, it wasn't it looked legit at all but it listed <laughs> it, it was this this team of people who had prayed to demons off of people and they had them by name and all three of those names are on that list and leviathan was like he, he described it as like like a dragon like dinosaur looking thing that he said would 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 wrap itself around people and it was like a really powerful demon and it gave this like long list of things that it did to people and like most of them matched up with you and i was like oh that's that gives me chills to this day yeah that's so crazy and then it said that the spirit of jezebel and the spirit of leviathan work together that they accompany each other and this is what's that and i'd heard both of those names and so like and she had been seeing this crocodile thing and i was like is that what she's seeing? Is this like a Leviathan spirit? Which like this stuff is like extremely fringe Christian stuff. <laughs> like most people, most Christians, would be like, "This isn't Christian. This is just a bunch of guys making stuff up." But we lived it and we saw it. And so then God gave me those names. And so we and then Abaddon. I looked that up and it was like the angel of death. Yeah, was, and I had dreams about that thing too. And you had I'm not dreams. trying to drag this out, but no, I did have like dreams of seeing like this like dark winged creature that. I think you've said aligns with that name and yeah. So I do all this research and I'm finding and all I drew this, it too and you drew you it and it, it literally matched drawing. up. And I had no idea what I was drawing at the time. Yeah. We will put those on our Instagram. Right? Yeah, yeah, I'll put the pictures on there. I'm not an artist, so sorry guys. Yeah, they're decent. <laughs> but they're I all mean, right. That was like so we started praying these names and we did this for like months. We fasted and prayed for months. 
you know and yeah then, winter spring yeah in the summer of 2017 a long time yeah so it was like it started in the in the spring and went yeah went through the summer all through the summer so it was all summer long and and then fall comes Yeah, yeah. I mean, I want to say that I do remember um, what was significant to me was in that springtime, I remember praying over my house. Yeah. And that really did help me because I, my parents' house, I should say, where I was staying at the time, it really creeped me out. I saw like a lot of scary stuff. I had a lot of really awful memories from that house, you know, because of things that I had done, like self-harm and things like that. And, uh, um, we were like, <laughs> you guys were, you went to my house one time. My parents weren't home. I don't even know if they know that we did this. <laughs> I do know. But you like brought like a bottle of like olive oil and, and you prayed for me. You prayed for the house and after that i really can attest that it was significantly better like i really wasn't scared in that house anymore i wasn't super scared in my room anymore um so the time i was there yeah yeah you were there yeah and we I, went to tj maxx before yeah and then we were like let's let's go to lillian's house and anoint it with oil <laughs> <laughs> typical tuesday or whatever <laughs> it was saturday yeah Oh, Saturday. you're right. It was Saturday because I remember, I remember, Raph, you were like, dude, there's weird stuff going on at Lillian's house. We have to go pray. And I'm like, this is my Saturday. <laughs> they called Nora. I'm like, we got to pray for Lillian. Like, she's got some weird stuff going on at her house. And, like, Raph has just, like, basically told me I'm, this is what I'm doing. And she's like, okay. <laughs> you're like, but well, we got to hit up TJ Maxx first. <laughs> Nora's best. You got to get man. that discount cologne. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, it sounds like it kind of like it becomes a really strange story at this point, but we prayed for so long and it wasn't like, I don't know, like the movies were like, you know, it's, you know, like she wasn't like floating around and like whipping holy water and like we're both alive. So that's good. I mean, I don't feel that I was ever truly like possessed. No, I, you know, at least in my faith, I believe that I was a Christian the whole time. I believe that I was saved the whole time. And that I wasn't truly possessed internally by any demonic forces, but I do think that I was severely oppressed and that there were things that were kind of suffocating me and attaching to me. And, you know, things really did get better because of the praying and the fasting and praying over our house and just, I mean, day after day. Every day. I mean, it was exhausting. Like, it would be every night. Like, sundown would come. I would have, like, a three-hour panic attack, and you're praying for me, and I'd, like, pass out out of exhaustion. And, you know, it was a lot of stuff. But, you know, over the course of months, it did eventually get better. And I think, you know, people that – I think most people have been through traumatic things, and if they've come out of it, they can kind of attest to that it's – it's not so much that like there's one day where everything is fine because it's never really going to be like that. It's like over time you kind of over months and months go by and it's hard and you struggle and you relapse and then you kind of realize actually things are better now. Yeah. You know, things aren't so bad. I don't feel the same way. I don't think the same way. Do but you, it, it definitely took time. Do you remember was there ever a specific time where you felt 
like things had changed was there like a shift yeah i think after that summer like the summer of 2017 and kind of into the fall but that's not to say that i never was depressed again that i never had a panic attack again um but i i felt like a shift inside of me that things were different and that things were a little bit brighter and a little bit better and you know i didn't want to die all the time which is great see my episode last week for the same exact stuff which is crazy because <laughs> yeah you haven't even listened to it yet and i know you will but very similar you didn't my point is you didn't come in prepared like knowing my story no you know that's just interesting to me no that was that is a huge it's very interesting it is interesting that like you guys were like severely attacked and then once slowly, things. slowly things started to get better but you once you started to like get serious that's when your faith was attacked even harder and then things got worse and worse and yeah. worse and worse and like we're not even like touching on like a lot of the stuff just because it's so much stuff and hard to remember it all yeah this could be like four hours yeah. but no one wants to sit and listen through that so <laughs> but, but there was a change and like there was definitely yeah. a point in our prayers where like like we like matt was like it's done like they're gone like they are gone they really were yeah and like and like it's not like we cured mental illness because it's obviously still a thing but we're definitely not advocating that you shouldn't be on medication no definitely take your medication in fact like that's one thing that god was really saying is that lillian needs to be on medication yeah i mean she still i'm still on medication for the record (laughs) (laughs) and you know some other things you know but like that so we're not saying that like is only spiritual, you know. No, all. not at all. But the cool thing is, you're on like you were on heavy doses of so much medicine, and none of it worked. And now you're on like a very low dose of medicine, and it helps. Yeah. Where nothing was working before. Yeah. So that's completely true, at yeah. least in my experience. So yeah, I mean, tell I mean, tell us. Yeah, I I don't know where do we go from there. Like. It, like it, it worked like we went through a lot yeah <laughs> yeah it was pretty traumatizing but we all we all made it and um i feel like i really did experience a miraculous healing maybe not in what everyone would think of it wasn't instantaneous but i mean considering like how bad it was you know it did get better like Fairly quickly, like, I noticed a shift inside my soul. I just knew that it was there. And it took a long time to kind of find my footing in life again and to kind of fill my heart and my mind with other things than, like, all this darkness that characterized it for, at that point, like, my whole young adult life. But I do think that it's kind of cool that right around the time that things started to shift, you know, we got engaged, and then we got married, and then we got pregnant, and then I had our son, and I really believe that, you know, as many, like, long nights as there were of, you know, just at complete despair, God was lining things up, and God was preparing things, and God was trying to make a way for this next chapter in my life, and, like, I can definitely tell you no one that knew me at that time would have ever guessed that I would be like a good wife and a good mother and and love it 
and I do. Yeah. And I do think that I have like a full life now. And it's not perfect and it's not my my bipolar is definitely not cured. You can you can attest to yeah, that, right? <laughs> but it's way no, but it's not the same. It's different. It, it is different. And like you don't have panic attacks anymore. You don't have like hours of just being clenched up you don't like your medicine works like all these things changed when we like i don't like self-harm anymore you don't self-harm you don't you know like and it's like we went through something that's hard to like when you explain it to somebody it would sound crazy but i don't know i just think there is there can be a link to what people are experiencing when they have mental illness and like outside forces that are like opposing that or in, enhancing that or making it worse. You know what I mean? Cause like, it's strange that like, you know, different people all have the same things. They see things, they hear things, you know, like if you didn't have like a mental, like a label of a mental illness, you know, like there are plenty of people that come on the show that, you know, have never been diagnosed with anything have heard voices, have seen things, but you're like, someone's told you, Oh, well, you have this mental illness. That's why you're seeing them. Right. You know, not that there isn't, like, a medical thing of psychosis, but, um... But what you see in psychosis. Yeah, but I I definitely think that there was an overlap there. For sure. Yeah. Matt, you got anything else? No, I, I, I really don't, but... You know, you you had said, you know, thank you guys for, you know, for being there for you and, and everything like that. And I had someone like that for me, you know, my my parents, my grandparents, and also like Fran Cook, who was my prayer counselor. And she, she went through like so much darkness with me that when, you know, I was asked, you know, to help with... with with you and like the darkness you're going through like I was like of course you know like you know to me it wasn't like I'm, I'm a good person like it was just like I was helped through it someone helped me through it and that was needed you know yeah. and, and like so we're just we're just really happy that that God has brought you through and and that you are it's a lot different than you were you know yeah and you've known so me for a while so you can definitely yeah, so attest much, to that I'm different now. There's so much more joy in your life and, and peace and just, um, I mean, yeah, it makes sense if you're going through that kind of turmoil, like how could you have peace and, and all that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, you know, as we're, is there anything else you would like to say? Um, just that with my experience, I feel like when it comes to um, the spiritual world and mental illness and all the medical, psychological, physiological things that come with that, people can be so quick to put things into buckets. It's got to be this or this. You know, we're so quick to pit the spiritual against the physical. It has to have a purely supernatural explanation. It has to have a purely psychological or physical explanation and I don't think that things have to be that way I don't think that things are as black and white as that I was clearly diagnosed with bipolar disorder for good reason I experienced things that most 
professionals would classify as hallucinations. And I don't think they're wrong. But I also think that there is a spiritual component to it. And that one doesn't have to invalidate the other. And I think a lot of people have been hurt by, you know, people saying, you know, oh, you have a mental illness? Oh, you should just pray. And that's definitely not what I think any of us are communicating. Yeah. That's not the case. I mean, trust me, you don't have you don't have any idea how many prayers I prayed and things did not just get better instantaneously. It's not that. But I think that these things are intertwined, maybe in a way that's beyond our comprehension. But you know, God can still deal with it and he's still he's still orchestrating things behind it and you know, I also want to say that I was not miraculously cured of my mental illness. I still have bipolar. <laughs> Anyone that knows me can probably still attest to that. I still have the common characteristics of that disorder. Um, but I still experienced a miraculous healing. And, you know, some people might be freed of their entire mental illness. I do believe that's possible. But... It's not guaranteed. It hasn't happened to me. At least it hasn't happened yet. But even if on this earth your mind isn't freed of whatever this world brings, it doesn't mean that there's there's still a freedom for your soul that can be found. You know, I found it in God and Jesus and my, my friends and my family and my church. And I guess I hope that anyone listening would not give up to find that because I think think anyone deserves that. They deserve that freedom for your soul regardless of whatever binds us on this earth. Wow. <laughs> There's your final word. <laughs> Dang. Well, I'm literally nothing. I should not add a single word to that. Yeah, we're done. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Lillian honey for being on the <laughs> podcast and i don't know just thank you so much thanks honey you were really good at this oh thanks thank you so much to lillian gonzalez for being on maybe it's spiritual that was an amazing story and i'm so glad that she shared it and super powerful and i love you honey thank you for doing it if you guys liked maybe it's spiritual you can find us on instagram at maybe it's spiritual um, all podcasting platforms and Apple listeners, uh, don't, feel free to leave a, a comment or five stars for us. We really appreciate that. And anyone who wants to share their story, we have uh, Gmail. Maybe it's spiritual at gmail.com. Just send us a message. We'd love to hear from you uh, and get you on the show. Thanks again, guys.